Okay, so as we get started, um, good morning everybody, happy Monday. Um, my name's Meg, I'm part of the virtual hosting team here at Power to Fly, and I am super excited to get started this morning, um, introduce you to our speaker, and dive into her subject. So before we do that, I have a couple of real quick housekeeping items for everybody. I'm gonna try and go through this as quickly as possible so we're not wasting any more of our half hour. Um, we might go a couple minutes over the half hour timeline if Bridget were able to, um, just because I know we were chatting and ate up some of your time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the first thing I have to tell you guys is that like all of our virtual events, everything today is about you. It's about your participation, you guys getting as much out of today as we put into it. So to that end, you are more than welcome to participate. We really encourage it. Um, ask questions, um, add your comments. If you have, if we touch on one of your questions that was pre-submitted, please feel free to add context to it. Um, anything and everything is great. The couple things that we have to tell you pointer-wise um, is that if somebody else is talking, like if Bridget's talking or if one of our other attendees is asking a question or commenting, try not to cross-talk over them. If I'm talking, please feel free to interrupt because I literally get paid to fill the silence and I will. So if you want to ask a question and I'm still prattling on, please feel free to interrupt me. Um, to that end, while you're doing that, um, make sure that you only come off mute when you're actively speaking. Um, and then when you're done with your sentence, your question, go back on mute to listen to the answer or listen to the response. I'll be doing the same thing so that nobody has to listen to my bulldog snoring under my desk. Um, it's just to maintain audio quality for everybody. If I do mute you for whatever reason, um, it's usually, don't think of it as a rebuke. It's honestly so we can maintain audio quality. So I won't mute anybody while they're talking, but if you have like some background noise or something, I might have to mute you to make sure that the recording is right. Um, we are recording today. So for privacy reasons, um, if any of you want to make sure that you are not visible on this recording or the live stream to our website, not a problem. You can still turn your cameras on to like say, hey, and you know, let us see your smiling faces if you'd like to. Um, but if you do come off mute, that is what will show up on the recording or on the live stream to our website. So if you want to, you know, make sure that you don't come up on the recording, not a problem. You can still contribute um, or ask questions. All you have to do is send them into the Zoom chat. Um, and that way we can, you know, see everybody's comments and questions. Any questions that go in there, I'll monitor the chat and try and make sure that those get raised to Bridget. If you are in like deep cover and want to make sure that it's like super black ops, nobody knows you're here. Um, you can send your questions to me and I will ask them um, of Bridget anonymously. So whatever reason, doesn't matter, I'm more than happy to do that to you. Just um, make sure that you select my name, Meg Alexander, instead of the everyone on the dropdown uh, in the Zoom chat. Um, today is being recorded, so anybody that registered for today's chat, whether you weren't able to make it, if you stay for five minutes or you stay for the whole 30, everybody will get a link or get an email, I'm sorry, in one to two business days to be able to rewatch this recording. Um, if you want to rewatch it or share it sooner, you can head over to our YouTube channel. It's at Power to Fly um, and see it there. You can also send that link to anybody. So in case there's you know, some real nuggets of wisdom here that you want to share with um, one of your friends or coworkers or something, please feel free. Our videos are always going to be hosted um, on our website and on our Power to Fly channel in perpetuity. So, and they're always free to watch. So please feel free to share um, that around. And I highly encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel how you can make sure that you don't miss any of these in case you, you know, accidentally don't register for one. Um, and plus it's just an alert. It doesn't give you like, um, you know, kind of cluttering up your inbox. So I very much recommend that. And then also make sure you follow us on our various social channels. We are at Power to Fly on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And let's see. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's about it. So 
Um, I'm really overjoyed to introduce Bridget to you all today. Um, some of you may have um, been on past chats that Bridget has hosted. She is one of our Power to Fly mentors. She's a career coach, a speaker, and a podcaster. Bridget, um, would you? What else would you like to tell the uh, the joinees today about your background? Oh, good stuff. Um, I, I don't want to speak too long because I want to get right into into everything. But yeah, I've been a recruiter for 15 years of those that's been mostly in the creative field. So uh, I've been employed by advertising agencies and in-house. So mostly Omnicom and branding agencies, advertising. Uh, and then I also worked for Pepsi uh, as well as Ford Motors. So I've kind of run the gamut and everything from an intern I've hired to uh, VP to senior VP level folks. So happy to be here and excited to, to jump in. Awesome. Okay, um, so as we get started, we did have a bunch of questions that were pre-submitted, like I said. Um, we have kind of arranged those into a conversational format, taken out any redundant questions, clarified them, that kind of thing. But to that end, if we aren't asking one of your questions and you're on this chat today, um, you know, prime treatment is given to you all that's joining us. So if you wanna make sure your question gets asked and answered, the best way to do that is to come off mute and ask, or to put it in the Zoom chat. Um, to get us started, Bridget, um, one, of these, one of the questions that we got asked a lot was about um, kind of the format of a resume. So this person had asked, what's the optimal number of pages for a resume? I'm trying to understand how I can keep it short and sweet while filled with substance and impact. That's, yeah, that's a really good question. I always say never go past two pages. Uh, I think five years is, is a hard mark because at that point, that's when you're kind of um, teeter on, teetering on, can I keep it in one page or is it just overflowing into a second page? Um, but that's usually, um, or if you've had like about maybe two or three jobs at this point, you're probably going to go into two pages. So I would say anyone um, at say, again, because I've, I've hired folks at a senior VP level, um, even they need to keep it at two. And uh, if you're about, um, like I said, about four years, maybe you could still keep it under one page. Now, if you need to, just to get to that second part of that question, if you have a lot of experience, and even if you've had, say, two jobs, but you have moved up and, and was promoted. So I know a lot of people that came in as an intern and now they're already at a VP level with the same company. That's easily two pages, easily three. But in order to condense it to two, um, what I do, and there's, and I'll be sending this your way too, are the links, but there's a, it's a, a lot of it is about formatting. Uh, there's kind of what I call the old school way, which is kind of your title and then your uh, work experience and your school at the bottom, et cetera. Um, but working with a lot of creatives, I've seen templates where it's kind of split. Um, you know, you almost have like two columns. And if anyone's really good at, you know, at Word or even better yet, InDesign, I'm not. Uh, but these types of things, you can really, that's another way to take all the information, fit it in one page without really, um, without really omitting important things. That's, I think that's what everyone's fear is. I've got a lot on here that I want people to know, but I don't want, and I don't know what to admit. So with that, you know, if you can format it where you have your school, say on the left-hand side, um, your traits or attributes, you can put those right in there and your skill set. And I've seen people get really creative with skill sets. So for my skill set, we'll just say recruiting, talent acquisition, HR, uh, career development, um, develop, you know, whatever, 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, diversity inclusion. I will put that all in like one row to the left so that I don't have to repeat that in my description for each role or each company I was at. So you can look at the left and be like, okay, she has this, this, and this. These are the three things. And that's another thing as a recruiter, there's usually three things that we're looking for and we'll work around the other um, pieces of, of um, some of the core competencies that we're looking for. Because usually a job description is pretty packed. You're like, I can't do all of that, but I do these three things really well. Think about that, put that over to the side so you don't have to keep repeating it. That's what I wanted to explain about condensing your resume is by format. Um, and I'll send those links to you on where you can look at these formats. I bought a really cool one because I'm not, I hire creatives, I'm not creative. Um, I actually ordered a really cool template, not on a, on a resume template um, uh, website, but on Etsy. So I saw this really beautiful one on Etsy and I think it was like $5 and she sent me her uh, package of fonts layout, colors, everything, the whole scheme. Um, I know I'm kind of going off, but I really do want to spend a lot of time on that one question. So there's formatting. There's also what you want to put in there, which is definitely put your attributes in there. So what happens if you, like myself, have over 10 years experience, you want to keep it to two pages. I know this, if I'm going to be really blunt, if you put three, you just look a little, uh, you know, you know, old timey. I know, I know I'm an HR, HR alert. I'm not supposed to say that, but, um, uh, you got a lot to say, but you got to condense it. So with that, in my case, I, uh, okay, I'm old timey. I've got 15 years in it. So uh, with the two pages now is I'll put, and this is another thing recruiters look at. Uh, we look at the company and the title immediately. And then like, we'll, we'll scan over your resume, the two pages, and we look, it's very competitive. We'll look at the companies you worked at, your titles. And then if that catches our eye, then we'll go in and look at the paragraphs and the descriptions underneath um, each, each uh, what am I trying to say, each job description or title that you've held. Um, so, and I know this seems very obvious what I just said, but uh, because we're looking at 200 resumes a day, um, we have to quickly do that, do that search. And then once we do that and we go under and um, instead of saying, you know, verbatim bullet point each, you know, each role that you've done or what you did, maybe what you can do is put accounts worked on. And it doesn't mean you worked on Coca-Cola at that agency, probably you and like 500 of your team members worked on Coca-Cola, doesn't matter. Under clients or projects, you can say Coca-Cola, Ford. Um, and if it's, and if you don't even want to say specific, if you don't want to have a lot of shout outs to companies, maybe you just say what industries uh, worked with. Some of my clients include pharmaceutical, healthcare, um, uh, tech, um, you know, these types of things. Like just write down the industries, finance, uh, startups, because that again is going to give us like a quick overview to a resume. Okay, this person has worked in startups. That means she's nimble, she's quick, she can, she's, she's uh, comfortable with um, kind of chaos. So we can read into those things very quickly without you saying I'm this or I'm that. Um, I hope this is helping. So if, if I could stop there, if anybody wants to jump in with any questions off of that. I think that's been a lot for people to digest. And we do have another question in the chat, but one thing I want to flag since you talked about formatting is mm -hmm. something that I learned about recently from a couple of friends that were job hunting. Um, if you're looking for more of like a creative layout and you don't find a template that works for you, Canva actually has templates for this and it's a free, you can get a free 
um, account with them. Okay, um, and so you don't need to do the paid accounts or anything, um, but you can check those out on Canva. And the, the great part about Canva that I really like is that it kind of shorthands and gives you like a lot of the tools of, of graphic design without needing the background for it. Right. Um, and it's really forgiving. So even if you find a template that doesn't quite suit you, you can open up multiple templates and like copy and paste and move the elements around in there. Oh, so that's nice. check out Canva because I never would have thought about it, but one of my right. friends showed me her resume and was like, hey, can you review this? And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, this looks so cool. How <laughs> did you get this? And she goes, oh, I made it on Canva. I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought Canva was for like, images and like, designers yeah exactly I thought it was right. much more like fancy pants but no it's yeah. really great. oh um, good to know so Alice had just asked actually um how do you highlight any kind of learning that you're doing more specifically I'm in the process of learning Python on my own through an online course how can you highlight these types of things I just did it myself. I'm constantly updating my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> uh, resumes get tedious. So I just, I update LinkedIn as much as I possibly can, probably once a week. And then when someone asks me for, for my resume or if I'm applying, I have to upload the resume, then I'll start tweaking that a little bit. But so I just did this myself. Um, I just completed uh, a development um, was it um anyway it was a development course on how to uh kind of empower and develop folks within the within an industry i didn't necessarily have that so i went to udemy i don't know which school this person is taking the course through but this was like an online course it was maybe thirty dollars um and i think it was like u-d-e-m-y so even though yeah that's it yeah it's through uh you to me. Um, anyway, so I was taking a course there. And then as soon as I finished and got the certificate, I put that on my LinkedIn because there's an area in LinkedIn that says like affiliations and certificates. So just put it under there. Um, I also think it's, so I would put that on the resume and LinkedIn. And even when I'm speaking to people and I'm interviewing people and they I'll say to them, how did you do this website? Or where did you get your web, the website done? And they're not a, um, and they're not a designer. And they tell me, Oh, I, I, did it myself. I learned Python. That's like, wow. I'm always like really, really impressed that people are taking the time on their own to do that. So definitely put that in there. And I hope I answer that, but you can put it under, I usually put it under the education portion of my resume. Okay. And does it matter if it's, um, you know, if it's like, if it's for an online course or something that you can say, like, I'm in process of like earning my master's or going through this course. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Um, is there a way to, to flag these kinds of things? if it's something that you're kind of doing on your own, like learn by doing or, you know, via Google university kind of, um, is there a better, a different yeah. way to pull that out or should you do something smaller? It's hard to, I think, honestly, it is hard to do that on a resume. Like if you were to say, uh, Udemy and then in, in parentheses, you know, currently, you know, enrolled in this course, you could put, um, you could put current, um, or currently enrolled. I just finished my master's about two years ago. And at that point, like I hadn't finished, but it's, you know, currently a current student. Um, so you can, you can put that in there. And I don't know if this is helping, but that, that's what I would do is just say current or currently enrolled or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so Ty just wrote in asking, I have over 10 years of experience and a lot of times recruiters are asking me to pinpoint in which, in which positions did I do X, Y, and Z. So I find it difficult to condense my resume the way that Bridget is saying. So to that end, what if you have a lot of positions where you did similar things? Um, should you be, I, you don't really want to repeat that information, um, but you also can't really say, okay, well, at these places from these times, I did these things, or can mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. 
as my as my years were going on and I was heading to cadence mine, what I'm what I've been doing now is putting okay, name title summary, and then it says like either you can put achievements or uh, responsibilities or competencies include, and then I'll put everything from you know sourcing, hiring, onboarding, um, diversity and inclusion, and now I have all of these rows, rolls of things, and now my resume is getting more minimal. So then when it says Pepsi, and it says, say, uh, uh, Director of Talent Acquisition, underneath it, it'll say, uh, uh, let's see, I was hired to, um, I was brought on to build out the entire design, the, the newly formed design team. That alone in, in itself says enough. Um, so they already know I'm a recruiter. They know what my, I do on the day-to-day. -day. They know that I work on ATS systems. Um, and then we can get into the nitty-gritty of when they say, have you used genealogy for this ATS? I can say yes. But that's a, another way of doing that is just under software, put like I'll name all of the ATS systems, which are applicant tracking systems. I'll name all of them so they have no, uh, they have no, hardly any questions just by looking at the resume. So maybe you put all of those roles that you do up front in the beginning and then just you put your title and the, and the agency. And then again, one unique thing that you're doing for that company that you didn't do prior. So maybe, and a good example of this would be, um, uh, okay, so then you say, I oversee a team of five. Prior to that, maybe you've never seen overseen anyone. So that's the big difference and that's the growth. So we don't need to keep receiving the, seeing the same bullet points over and over again. Excellent, thank you for that. Um, Dawn just asked, how do I show my way more than 10 years experience but without having my age be used against me? Um, if anybody else yeah. is curious about age-related concerns like this, um, I'm gonna throw in a link here in a couple of minutes where you can search our video um, archives. Um, we've had a couple really great uh, panels and Q&As with Helen Sanchez, all about ageism and, and various concerns related to either your career or job searching specifically. So I'll mm -hmm. throw that into the chat here. Bridget, how would you answer this question? You know, I, I honestly, I think a lot of, of that question is tied into the, to what we've been talking about it this morning. And that really is condensing your resume, right? Um, <clears throat> condensing the resume, keeping it two pages, showing your highlights, your achievements right out of the gate. Um, you have your skill set. You're making it very easy for the hiring manager to look at and make an assessment. Um, don't be very flowery. Um, don't use, you know, long uh, summaries. Um, again, and I honestly believe this too, and I hate to say it because, <laughs> you know, I come in this category too of like, you know, getting aged out of something. Um, but even again, with the format, if you're using like a, a resume style that you've used even five years ago, that, that style needs to be changed every single year. And it, I th and we were talking about this, Meg, a little bit about, you know, going through Canva or Etsy is like sometimes you'll see skill sets and we'll have like a list of skill sets where I know a lot of um, younger folks and uh, folks within two, three, four years of being <clears throat> in the workforce, they have instead a pie chart, right? Or they have a bar diagram and it's showing the amount of... Um, so using infographics, I guess, <laughs> is definitely helpful and that can be deceiving. It'll make us look younger. I joke as I say that, um, but it is. It's funny as, sim as simply as using icons and just constantly updating your resume and keeping it fresh. And, you know, um, so that's how I hope I'm answering the question, but I think there's a lot of things condensing it and, and the format will, will make that difference. And shorten your, your job descriptions. 
you, I, I, if, if I start to see like about eight bullet points to 10 bullet points, I'm just like, okay, um, this is going to, this is going to be longer than it, than it needs to be. So put it out in the front and then just list like one paragraph to each role. Okay. Um, just a quick, like kind of a personal question that I've always wondered is mm -hmm. I've had certain jobs on my past in my past resume, um, that kind of are, are kind of aberrations, like really weird things that I've gone and done because I needed money. Um, right. when you're doing that, if you have like certain, like depending on the job you're applying for, should you really like make sure that most of your, of your jobs have like an equal amount of information below them? Or is it okay to stay really short on one if you really only gleaned a, like a skill or two that's um, applicable to whatever you're applying for? Really good question. And I, okay, I like this question a lot because I'm writing down an answer right now as I'm thinking about it. So there was two words. Uh, a, keep it um, relevant. But there was something else I wanted to say. So, so say for instance, um, okay, so in my previous life, I was a photographer. Yeah, I went to art school, was a photographer, um, did some pretty cool things in galleries. That's certainly not going to get me a job. So I, I too had to do this. And then luckily for me, I was a photo uh, producer uh, and then a photo editor, <clears throat> luckily for Scholastic. So I had a job as a photo editor um, before I got into recruiting. So to this day, and that was a long time ago, it's like, do I still put Scholastic on there as a photo editor? Because that has nothing to do with what I do. So what I do now is I'll put Scholastic, photo editor, and I think, again, just bring that one line. It says, you know, that I, I hired photographers and illustrators and, and purchased royalty-free and rights-imaged uh, imagery. Um, you know, because that's something that's unique about you. And I like to see those things on there. I am so sick of seeing this whole, like the same cookie cutter resume over and over. Like if you like Meg said, you did something like, um, um, you were a prop designer at one point and you're applying for like a strategy firm, like a stuffy strategy firm, like maybe rethink that. I don't know. I like to be myself at all times. I, I prefer most people do. So I would say a prop designer in my mind, I'd be like, she knows how to think like, like, it's like, you can pull, you know, you have to be like a magic uh, magician pulling stuff out of your hat to be a prop designer, or like, I know how fast it is, or how, how stressful that is, and how creative that is. And, um, or if someone tells me that they do improv, um, and they don't want to really tell me that, because it's like, you know, what you see on the stage needs to stay on the stage, like, tell me, I would love to know that those types of things, because we're seeing so many resumes a day, and they're going to format into like this perfect, clean, resume, but without the personality on it, I'd love to know those things that people do. I, I hire people that used to work in the, um, anyone that used to work in the hospitality um, world prior, uh, you know, to being a college student, to being, you know, after a college student, um, walking, working at Walmart, working at Pet Shop, uh, or what am I trying to say? There was someone I just hired the other day from um, PetSmart, uh, into an accounting role uh, those things speak volumes to me because these people worked with the public. <laughs> we all know how fun that is if they, we've ever had a job doing that. Um, working in hospitality is rough. So those things definitely, definitely put them, on, put them in there for sure. And it's also a really good conversation starter too because you don't know that hiring manager and where they, where they started out first too. So I think that that actually helps open doors. Um, so just, just edit what you put in there. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good flag to find, find the aspect of that job that does relate to what you're trying to do. And especially when it comes to soft skills, guys, like people, this is a question we get tons of, or like tons of questions about on these chats. 
remember those soft skills. Remember the things that, you know, maybe there's not a certificate to go with it, but I, I call it like the adulting badges, like things that you yeah. learn from being a person in the world. A hundred percent. Yeah, keep those in mind. I mean, when I applied for my job at Power to Fly, the first job I had with them, I was going to be a talent advocate. So I was going to be like, you know, as, working as a recruiter and virtually like going online and sourcing people for jobs. Well, I also told them that I had experience as a paralegal and had gone to a year of law school. And so the next thing they asked me after I got hired was, hey, do you want to also like join the legal team and help review our contracts? Oh, wow. So okay. Never tell, yes. like, you know, where those other skills that, you know, because I have no desire to be a paralegal ever again, because billing right. your time in six minute increments is maddening. <laughs> being able to do this for power to fly is a lot more enjoyable. Um, right. So Trixie is actually asking, what's the best way to quantify these soft skills? So in like the last about, we'll say we have about somewhere between five and 10 minutes left. Um, what is the best way to quantify those soft skills on your resume? Okay. Can, can, you, can you ask that a little bit more in detail, just so I understand how to quantify those skill sets? Yeah, Trixie, if you have any other details that you'd like to add to that question, go ahead. And while we're waiting for, tri for Trixie, um, Cheryl had asked, what are your thoughts on adding a summary at the top of the resume? I've been told that it doesn't get read during the six second scan and that, can, it, that it can seem a bit narcissistic. Ooh, <laughs> that's actually, that's funny. I would say save the resume for your LinkedIn. Um, because they do make a nice uh, area there for that summary. And again, uh, there is a positive and negative to that. I rarely read them myself on a resume, but I do read them on LinkedIn. Again, because if I'm searching for something that makes them unique, uh, something, some kind of quality or something, some kind of voice that makes them unique from all the other resumes that I'm looking at, that's where the, the resume, that's where the summary does come in and it does prove helpful. Um, again, to Megan's point too, or Meg's point too, is just kind of putting those uh, personal skill sets on there. Um, you're bringing a, a, a completely unique thing to the table. It doesn't have to relate to the to particular role. Maybe, you know, when you're applying for it, it does like that last job should probably pertain um, and be relevant, but um, those personal things do, do help. So don't go, don't go nuts on the summary on a resume, uh, especially if you're running out of room. Um, but yeah. you definitely include it in your LinkedIn. Well, and we always tell people to think about their, their power to fly profile as like a non-public LinkedIn. So the best thing I can tell you with, with what Bridget is saying about that, your story or your headline on LinkedIn, um, use that, especially if you're trying to make a transition. So like, let's mm -hmm. say you were in teaching and now you want to move into lion taming, like call that out, say that you are, you know, you have all this experience, but you're, you're looking to transfer it into this new industry. Um, exactly. And, you know, like a one sentence or kind of a run-on sentence call out can mm -hmm. really make sure that somebody that's looking at your profile realizes, well, they're not trying to stay in the teaching lane. They're looking to move into the lion taming lane. Exactly. Um, exactly. And think about that. Um, and I always try to use my own personal example. So I was uh, trying to transition from recruiting into teaching. I went back, got my master's degree in creative writing, which there's no money in that. So it, obviously it was a personal endeavor, but I had to sit there and think like, how am I going to explain, you know, when I'm applying to these teaching roles at universities, this, my entire 15 years of recruiting does not apply, but it does. So in the sum summary, it says, you know, after 15 years of interviewing people at all levels, you're getting to know a lot of people um, just for the interview process. It's almost like, you know, journalism or reporting, you have to show empathy, um, just help, you know, and, and you move that into, into your summary. And again, that, that summary is going to help you why you stand out and why you're different and why you are an interesting asset to, to that new career role. Like definitely 
bring yourself into it, own yourself. And during this uh, day and age of COVID, um, you know, empathy goes a long way and honesty is going a long way. I think the hard skills, we definitely need to see those, but I think we're getting a little bit more humor and softer. So we're allowed to not be perfect um, on a resume, maybe show those things a little bit more. Um, okay. And I'm sorry if I didn't answer that one girl's question about um, oh, how she, did, she just actually gave some more detail. So Trixie said, lots of people at, advise that we quantify bullet points on job descriptions. And it's easy to do that for like tech skills or sales or something. Um, but it helps make it more competitive when comparing candidates. So if you have soft skills, how should you translate those to a bullet point? Ah, uh, okay. There's, I think there's one of two ways. Um, again, uh, you can get, depends on how creative you want to get. I think like in my LinkedIn and even in my resume, those types of things, the soft skills, I'll say instead of skill set, I actually put the word DNA. So it's like in my DNA to be a people person, I am innately, you can put innately curious, uh, works really well, um, uh, autonomously, um, just put them in just like as if you're putting it under like a skill set you can put it under use the word traits like just have fun just do it as if you're putting it as a skill set uh if you don't want to do it that way and you don't want to let them shine that way you can put it into one word by saying um um uh, able to reach out to you know i don't know 50 candidates a day and um and retain this that the other thing without losing sight of prioritizing this, but like specifically whatever you do, you can put it in a bullet point, if that makes any sense. It's hard to, like, it's hard to talk to in the abstract is what people are putting in their bullet point, but like your role, a, a core uh, competency that we need to see, but you can make that, you can put it into your bullet point as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so to give us one last question here, um, I'm trying to make sure we got everybody in the chat. Okay, so Lisa had asked, do you have any suggestions for how to highlight personal projects so they are considered more heavily? As a developer, the skills required for the job I want were not used at my last place of employment at all, but I've used them to build personal projects that demonstrate the same skills. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorites, and I don't know if she means like showing it on a resume or if she's talking about in a portfolio, but again, um, I know what she's talking about. So like if you're working for say, I don't want to say Pepsi or I just, I usually just use my own examples because I can't, um, you know, say someone was working for an insurance company and they say, this is the website that I did for Prudential. And you're like, mm, that's kind of lame. Um, it's usually not because the designer uh, designed it. It's because their client um, Prudential was like, we want it with a blue line and a mountain. Um, so I understand, I think, um, what she's saying is like, I, I do understand those projects because that's what you were paid to do. And then we know all the pushback that a client gives. So for, for us recruiters, we really enjoy looking at their personal projects because that's where they really shine. So that's where we really get to see kind of um, uh, their talking points, what the challenge was, how did they get to that solution? What were some of the creative uh, thought process behind that? And I think they do need to leverage that, but unfortunately I'm not really sure like in what, and, and what priority if they show like, okay, I did this for this company, A, B, and C, which is a big company, we would need to see that. Or do you put your personal project up front? I think there's a way you could just do both, but definitely, definitely, definitely include those personal projects that you absolutely love because that's definitely going to be reflecting, reflective of who you are as an IT person, designer, programmer, et cetera. So don't leave that out. Is it, so 
you're saying definitely included in a portfolio, but in a resume situation, would it be, would it be um, maybe something that you should put under like freelance projects? Yeah. Call it out and say like, I worked on this or this or that. I think I know on past chats like this, we've had people say, you know, if you're looking for more experience, but don't just want to make it, you know, kind of for no purpose, you know, not, not wasting your time, but if you're like spinning your wheels, one of the things they advised was to seek out um, like a not-for-profit group mm -hmm. uh, that maybe needed the skills that you have so that you could do a project for a right. you know, cause that you care about and have the results from that personal project, but right. also make it useful to somebody. Um, but I mean, even if you just designed a website for like your girlfriend or something, like you could exactly. still throw that in under freelance. They don't know that it's your girlfriend. They don't know that it wasn't yep. a paying job. Right. Or your friend's restaurant. Um, so yeah, that is a good point. It's just to put it under like your name, exact, you know, freelance and then the, the, the work under there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we are at 1205. I don't want to keep everybody super long. Um, but I just want to call out one more thing that was a question that was asked. Um, so Bridget, you're going to send me those links, right? So I, we yep. can send them to people on the rewatch. Yep. Perfect. Um, yeah. one question that was asked was if you would be open to reviewing resumes or giving feedback on those. Now, not to like paint you into a corner, you don't obviously have to do this, <laughs> but is this something that you're looking into doing or is this, um, you know, like a service that you offer, like, because, you know, with like appointments and you pay for it, your time and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a service. Um, it, cause I do put, I do put a lot of time into it and then there's a lot of kind of back and forth from there, um, with the tweaking. Um, I mean, if it was just like, you know, one or two people, I'd, I'd be happy to kind of glance over it and, and give like a quick feedback if that, if that helps. Awesome. That's so nice of you. Um, <laughs> I, put, um, I just put everybody, uh, the link, uh, some links into the chat where you can check out, um, you can connect with us on, on LinkedIn if you'd like. I put mine in there as well. Um, the one thing I will tell you is if you're looking for some resume feedback, um, absolutely go to this link that I'm sending right now. Um, it's for our upcoming career chats. If you search for Heather Cole or career coach, she hosts um, at least three chats a month. One of them is a profile review. One is a um, interview prep and the other one is resume review. So you join those chats. They're each a half hour. So they're not, they don't take a ton of your time, but if you register in advance and then um, join the chat, I think it's 10 minutes early. She picks somebody from the joiner group to review either their profile, like mm. their LinkedIn profile with her, with them, um, test them on their interview skills or to review their resume. So definitely take advantage of that because it's a really great way to get Heather's um, advice. She is one of our mentors and one of our career and our like resident career coach who does like, you know, offer services um, like, you know, pay like uh, uh, appointment slots that you can pay for with her. But this is a really great way to get her advice um, free of charge for a half hour per time. It's a really great opportunity. So definitely mm -hmm. check those out. Um, all right, so we have come to the end of our time slot. Um, thank you so much to everybody that hung out and stayed a little bit further. Thank you so much for spending time with our community and for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Um, sure, is there anything that you'd like to leave everyone with before we go? Um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, just, I just wanna um, reiterate, you know, just, just try to show a lot of yourself in these resumes and your personality and some of your, your, your soft skills goes a long way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to everybody that joined, submitted such amazing questions pre um, before the chat. And thank you to everybody that submitted questions during the chat, um, especially the extra context and comments and details that you gave us was really great. Um, please feel free to check out some of our upcoming chats in that link that I sent you. Um, hopefully I'll see many more of you um, even later today. We've got more chats coming up. 
So please come back and check those out. Bye, everybody. Right, bye.